Bedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. Hey, Brad, we are back. I always want to play drums. It's a pretty sweet drum beat. So I wonder, based on how many people are what what I would call new Giants fans, which just means younger than me, you know, the opening announcer on that show or on on our intro for this for this show is a guy by the name of Hank Greenwald. Now, people who are our age will know exactly who Hank is. Yes. But people younger than us and maybe who grew up on the Crook and Kipe generation, they may not know who Hank is. And you and I recently went searching on Amazon right. to pick up Hank's autobiography. Now, my dad bought this book a long time ago, and I totally forgot about it. And then you had sent me a note that said that you bought it off of Amazon. And so then I was like, oh, I've always wanted to read this book. I don't know why I haven't. So then I bought it on Amazon too. So we both have copies of uh, Hank Greenwald. Yeah, I, I forgot to bring mine in. I just said a quick text. Hey, can somebody bring in my book? <laughs> <laughs> so the book is called This Copyrighted Broadcast, which is... Uh, something that Hank would have to do every game, you know, kind of explain yeah. that situation. But I opened up because you had sent uh, you'd sent a tweet out. I think it was last week to uh, was it to, to Cole Kuyper and a couple of other people about the book because your copy was signed and my copy is signed too. Now it's not signed to me. It's signed to somebody named Richard with four twelve ninety nine. On the page, so that I Richard, believe is the same date. Let me let me let me look on the Instagram post real quick. Yeah, because uh, I posted that. Let's see here. Posted that last week for twelve ninety nine. Oh, so we're so getting I, them from this. The, the, whoever, yeah, since uh, whoever we bought this book from, he must have had some extras or something. There we go. It showed up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to my my lovely wife Denise, who just got home from work, and I put in her to work again. Um, but yeah, so I've got the same thing in here. An inscription. This one is to John and Deborah. It says you're going to love your seats at Pac Bell Park. Go Giants! Wow. Greenwald four twelve ninety nine. Really crazy. And the, the funny story about this book. Okay, when it came out, I just never got to Barnes and Noble or, or wherever to, to pick it up. And then years had gone by and I was like, Oh, you know, that's, I still, it's still on my list because growing up as giants fans, he was our voice. I mean, yep. especially for me, I didn't have cable growing up. I just had a radio broadcast for the majority of the games. So I would be, you know, day games would be outside playing wiffle ball with my friends, uh, you know, cracking home runs. And the soundtrack in the background was always Hank Greenwald. Uh, before that, it was uh, Ron Fairley, Wayne Hagen. <laughs> uh, you know, there was a little bit of an in-between there. Yeah, because Hank went to go broadcast for the Yankees. He did. And uh, and so it was always one of those things on my list. of you know, I'm going to get this book someday. And so by the time I got around to it, uh, six, seven years ago, I started looking on Amazon. And they were really, really hard to find. And, and when you did find it, it was like 
80 bucks. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't in the greatest condition because they were really hard to find. Well, now when you go to uh, Amazon, six bucks, seven bucks, eight bucks. Yeah, whoever this is that we bought it from, like he he probably got a bunch of them, right? Yeah, and and I'm assuming you got it from the same store that I did. Uh, You know, I don't I don't know the the name of the store off the top of my head, but um, but yeah, I mean, it it was crazy when I got it. I opened it up and I was like, oh, somebody wrote in it, and I go, oh, wait a minute, (laughs) Hank wrote in it, and I was (laughs) you know I was super excited, and I was telling everybody who cared, you know, hey, check this out, this is awesome. Uh, So yeah, really cool find. And then when you texted me today and said, I got my book and it's got an inscription, I thought, (laughs) wow, that's really cool. We're getting a batch of these. (laughs) So if you're inclined, go to Amazon, take your chance. Uh, see if you can find a book that's inscribed. It may not be to you, but it's still autographed by Hank Greenwald, which is really, really awesome. And if you have actually read this book, shoot us a, mm-hmm. a note on Twitter at Thompson to Clark. Send us an email at Thompson to Clark at gmail.com. I'm very in- interested to see because yeah. I remember the book coming out and it was, um, I can't remember. I think Hank was done as a broadcaster when it came out. I can't actually remember, but, you know, it's kind of interesting that he was like very famous to us, but I didn't necessarily think that he was that famous, like to other markets, like that he was that big of a voice. But then again, like I said, the Yankees recruited him and and, and uh, kind of took him from San Francisco for a couple years there. So that obviously they, they thought a lot of his game, uh, but I always kind of liked it because you know, Dodgers are always talking about, oh, Vince Scully this, Vince Scully that. And look, Vince Scully right. is great, but he broadcasted for the Dodgers, which yeah. meant that <laughs> I didn't like him that much. No, no, now, no. you know, we you can go, claim him. Yeah, you yeah. can go back now and go, oh, you know, of course, Vin was great. Like, he, he is still so sharp. You see him on Twitter and stuff. But Hank yeah. was our guy. And so we were always sort of like, ah, oh, you know, we got, we have this really good broadcaster that, like, not everybody knows, you know, on that, on that level. So... Um, yeah, if anybody's read this book, shoot us uh, shoot us a note. I'm interested. It, it's uh, I'm I'm just interested to read it too because I want to relive those old those old times. And you got the foreword by Bob Costas, so you know. I mean, that kind of kicked it in uh, when this book came out. You go, oh, he wasn't just ours. Right. Like a, right. a lot of people knew who he was, and. You'll probably recognize this name too. Introduction by Lee Steinberg. Uh, Lee Steinberg was always mentioned by Hank Greenwald as the engineer, right? Engineer producer uh, during the radio broadcast. So that was always kind of cool. And uh, to kind of circle it back to something that we've uh, a show that we did when we interviewed Darren Chan mm-hmm. uh, and who I want to bring back at some point, but I think he's very busy right now. Uh, you know, Dan's got uh, Darren's got uh, tons of old audio from the archives that he plays, and you know, we had talked about finding old sound and stuff. So, yeah, so you know, we, we are broadcasters at heart, so kind of yeah. love that stuff. Uh, okay, so we have a lot to talk about. Let's get this out of the way. I was very jealous of your drink last week. You had <laughs> tequila and some stevia soda. Yes. So diet soda. Right. And I never thought of mixing tequila. I'd always mix tequila with um, water, like sparkling water, and then throw a little bit of lime juice or, or lemon juice. And it's very, it's like a very refreshing drink. And then when you said soda, I was like, oh, wow, does tequila actually mix with soda well? You said it was very refreshing. So I went on the internet and I was kind of looking up uh, soda drinks for tequila. And then I went to the store. I didn't see the same soda that you had bought. So I was like, ah, I can't find it. But then I found this drink that said 
uh, Coke and tequila. And I was like, wow, I've never heard anybody order Coke and tequila before. So I tried it. Uh, I bought some, uh, I, have, I think I had some Coke Zero at home. Had some Terramana tequila. And then they also said to add some lime juice. And it is actually pretty good. Like, you, oh. know, what a, you, know, you know what a Jack and Coke tastes like. That's, yeah, sure. Like, that's, uh, you know, a little heavier. You def- The whiskey flavor is a lot different from tequila. So this is a little bit more of like a fruity kind of flavor. But I dig it. I was like, wow, this is actually pretty good. So nice. um, that's that was my drink. But it was very much because I was jealous of your drink last week. Well, and you can find... Coke and lime, right? Didn't they make that for a few years? The yeah. Coke and lime drink um, that you could buy in the can. So, anytime you have any kind of citrus, I think adding tequila would be a good mix. I did have one over the weekend. I had a um, another one of those drinks, the grapefruit citrus uh, uh, Zevia cola or soda or whatever you want to call it. Um, just threw in a lime, squeeze it in there with the uh, Terramana Blanco, and it's it's really good. It's really refreshing. Today, I ended up just going, speaking of Jack and Coke, uh, mm. I went with the Zevia uh, decaf cola. At least I, I hope I grabbed it. <laughs> it's, uh, as we're recording this, it's uh, past 5 o'clock, uh, and so if it's not uh, decaf, I will be up way past the game today, which is, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, and we talked about this before, uh, you asked me, you know, when I make these with the, the cola and the bourbon, yeah. what kind of bourbon do I use the waster bourbon or do I use the good stuff? Yeah. Well, today I thought I'd give it a, a, a taste test and try something a little bit different. Cause usually I use like the, the wild Turkey one one which is a very good bourbon in its own right, because it's got a nice woody, character to it. So that mix with the Coke is good. So what I did today is I took one of my ryes. I took Redemption Rye, which I like a lot. Uh, and, and I make mm-hmm. old fashions with that. And I'll drink that straight because I love the rye flavor of, a, of, a, of those uh, whiskeys. And so I took the Redemption Rye, which is 95% uh, uh, rye uh, barley. And I, I mixed it with this. And honestly... I like the Wild Turkey 101 better in here uh, because I'm not getting that woody flavor. I'm not mm. getting that nice crispness, that uh, that bite from the bourbon. I'm just getting a really kind of almost disappearing rye flavor to it. So it really hides, the cola really hides the rye, but it's still good. I enjoy it, but uh, I think I'll go back to the Wild Turkey 101 in here because I think that's a better, better fit. So. I almost went. Jack and Coke Zero. Almost. There you go. We would have been twinsies again. Because what you have last week? Uh, yeah, what did I have last you, week? Did you remember. end up having the tequila? I, I think I had the drink that I had mentioned. That's tequila right. and the, yeah, yeah. the, the sparkling water. Okay, yeah. so, so let's get to the good stuff, which is the Giants. And, and we're recording this on a Tuesday because Monday was yeah. Memorial Day and we were hanging out with our families. Uh, so... Usually, we go from um, Monday through Sunday. We consider that the the week. And Monday through Sunday, the Giants went 5-1, and one, beating the Dodgers three out of four times. And really, you know, some a couple of those games, the score was actually a lot closer than the game because of L bullpen. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, the Giants really, you know, we, we were kind of like joking around last week about, ah, oh, you know, 
they still had a had a winning week, but then you know they they had lost uh, all three games to the to the Dodgers when the Dodgers came into town. Yeah, and so it was absolutely the flip side, which is the Giants looked like the real first place team, and the Dodgers kind of looked a little bit like you know oh we're not sure about these guys now the Dodgers both teams have injury issues and right that's just kind of the theme of the season for a lot of teams in the league this year but you know Giants go to LA win three out of four I think because uh one of those games was the uh, national game of the week I think the Giants are on some radars now yeah I think so and uh and like you said they came in there they were in uh they got knocked back to third place with the sweep to the Dodgers last week. Um, then they went into Arizona. Uh, those couple of games, they were tough. You know, they were uh, the first one, not so much. The second game was kind of a nail biter. Uh, and then right off to Los Angeles for four Dodgers did get back Bellinger right in the middle of the series. It got back Zach McKinstry right back in the middle of the series. But again, and, and they both did rehab assignments. So they didn't come back in cold just out of nowhere. They did get some at-bats in the minors. Uh, I think AAA as well. So decent enough pitching. And then uh, the Giants just kind of took it to him after that first game. That that turnaround was was uh, Mike Talkman's uh, grab over the wall on Thursday night. Uh, that kind of, or, or sorry, it was Friday night Friday. because yeah, because Thursday night was a loss, and then Friday night that uh, you know they had the win in the bag, and uh, Trevor Rogers, who really is just pitching lights out, that that uh, article that you posted, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was in the Athletic with from Andrew Baggerly, uh, was it Andrew Baggerly and somebody else? And uh, I think his name is. Eno is it's either Eno or Eno uh, okay. Saris. Eno Saris. He's like kind of like the right super analytic guy for the athletic. Yeah, and he had a lot of <laughs> he had a lot of numbers in there, and I kind of you know sometimes I gloss over those numbers because I you know his uh, strikeout rate went from this to this, which is which is important, but it was like his hard hit ball rate went from this to this and this. yeah okay yeah I like to use the eye test where I can mm-hmm. actually see this stuff taking place. Um, but again, after reading the article, I thought, I, well, I really hope he pitches tonight because now I want to see some of this stuff in play. Yeah. But uh, so Trevor Rogers gave up the three run home run the other night, tied the ball game. Uh, and then the next batter or two, Pujols comes up and hits a shot. And I go, Jesus, here, here it is. I mean, we're done. And, yeah. you know, and now we're going to lose five in a row to the Dodgers to start the season. Uh, and, and Talkman makes that awesome grab and then the Giants come back roll up three runs and win the ball game and then from there on out they just kind of controlled the rest of the weekend and yeah. until until the bullpen like you said I mean they, they've got to figure some things out and, we, and there is a there is a move today in the bullpen that'll kind of help shore things up and we'll get to those transactions in a little bit uh, but I think that I, I think the the Giants I mean this was a huge statement and we said that last week we said after getting swept Going into Los Angeles for four, that that is kind of your season right there. Yes, you can get swept early in the season, and you can come back from that. But then if you go into your rival's house, lose three out of four, or get swept, then you've got problems. Because now you're going to feel like the inferior little brother at that point, instead of where the Giants are now, and that's back in first place 
where they belong because they've showed that they can play that kind of baseball the last uh, two mo- the first two months of the season with the outstanding pitching, the outstanding defense, the timely hitting. I mean, what are they, second or third in the league in home runs now? Uh, still hitting bombs on the road. Just, I mean, just playing lights out baseball. And then after that series, they come home to take on the Angels, and they're playing them again tonight. But yesterday on Memorial Day, uh, middle of the day, they just uh, kind of beat them up again. And, and that's just that's just what they're doing right now. They're taking the inferior teams and they're beating them up. And they're also taking the good teams and they're starting to beat them up too. So we're we're in June now, and and like, what do you think? What, I mean, wh- how do we react to this now instead of the the cautious? step back and say, well, it's the Giants, so anything can happen. They're not supposed to compete this year, so when is that losing streak going to happen? When are things going to fall apart? But I think at June 1st now, you have to say, it may not. I mean, it may continue on, and then when we get to the trade deadline, we may see some really fun things start to happen. So you said uh, second in the league, in all of baseball, actually. They are second in all of baseball in home runs with 78. Only the Braves have more home runs. They have 81. And uh, the Blue Jays also have 78 with uh, baby Vladi. (laughs) That guy's having, I mean, (laughs) I loved him in fantasy baseball when he first came. I I grabbed him before he even came up. Held on to him, held on to him, held on. And and then I could have kept him again this, this year in our keeper league. And I didn't. And I don't know why. I just kind of let him go. And now he's having a tremendous season. So (laughs) that always happens. So, So, you know, just to quickly recap. um, So the Giants on, I think it was on on Thursday. The Dodgers were pretty much in control that game. The the, the Dodgers only won four to three. Giants scored a few in the last couple innings. But Dodgers were pretty much in control. I think the Giants only had three hits all game long. But Friday, that Friday game was so weird because, yeah. you know, Giants are up three going into the ninth, and then Rodgers gives up that three-run homer. And at that point, you know, the, it is instinctual for us to just go, oh, that's it. This is what happens, <laughs> right? Like, it's yeah. just it's, it's just what we automatically and think. And then that pool it. hole swing, it, it, it kind of laid it more in. You're like, oh, God. And, and uh, at the same time, you know, this is a team that's like, we have no right to feel that way <laughs> after three World Series championships, right? Yeah. But it's just instinctual because that's kind of how we felt when we were younger watching this team was that it was always something was going to happen. Yes. You know, they always were going to have the bad luck. And then, you know, Talkman makes that catch. I, I, my first thought was, what a catch. My second thought was, I think the dude just broke his sternum. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> or wrist, because the way he went back on the ball and then made the catch, and over that, I thought, oh, he hurt himself, but he made the catch. Yeah. So good on him. <laughs> so so they go on to score three in the 10th to win that game. Again, they only had six hits through 10 innings. So if you put those two games together through 19 innings, nine hits, and they're, and they're one and one against Dodgers. But it really was the last two games where I felt like they, the Dodgers were the ones who were not in control whatsoever. Giants had 16 right. hits on Saturday. And, you know, this is Logan Webb coming off of his, his shoulder injury. And, um, you know, my dad will text me every once in a while when he disagrees with what 
Kapler does. And so sometimes I have to remind him, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, Logan Webb, he was probably on a pitch limit because he's just coming yeah. off of, you know, surgery. And the second Casimir comes in, that's when my dad starts texting me. And I'm like, oh, no, here we go, Casimir. <laughs> but, you know, he got out of that inning, wasn't yeah. great, but they, they were they were fairly unscathed. And then, you know, Whistler throws the last inning in, a, in, in two-thirds um, to win the game. But, you know, they're... they're they're doing some things that are maybe a little bit unconventional to your what is instinctual to us because uh, he pulled somebody else out of the game. Uh, I forget who it was, but he took somebody else out during during this series. And, and I was just like, oh, I got to remember that a lot of what they're doing is just for the long run. This is this is they actually believe in their team like right. Buster Posey not playing every game. Right. Yeah. Like that is actually a sign that the team really believes in what they have when you can sit the guy who's been your best hitter and probably best overall non-pitcher, you know, either he or Crawford. And they're just like, look, we're fine. You know, I think Casilli is like uh, 14 and five or something like that behind the yeah. plate hitting a, a buck 20. <laughs> right. And, and so, you know, it is a little bit of a confidence. It, it is kind of like a thing where you're, that's a little bit of a swagger thing with the giants when they go, Hey man, we're, we're, we're not, we're not even going to play Buster at first. That's how confident we are yeah. in the length of our bench. So they win 11, six on Saturday. And that was the national game. And then you come to Sunday and you're like, oh, Kershaw, we can never do anything against this dude. And they just, uh, um, and, and they just, you know, six innings. I, I was texting you because you were, uh, you were at a, uh, at a game and we could talk about that quickly. Yeah. yeah. You, you went to live baseball, but, you know, we're in a sixth inning. Kershaw's given up five runs and I'm like, oh, they're running them back out there. And then they got him over a hundred pitches, and then you know, and then it was it was easy sailing from the perspective of like they were fully in control, even though the Dodgers scored some runs to make that game close in the right. eighth and the ninth. But you felt like okay, this is a different thing from last week. The Giants are playing with some extreme confidence, and they ran Gossman out there for a six inning, seven strikeouts. He gave up two hits, and we'll talk about talk about Gossman in a little bit. You know. Uh, Littell gives up, uh, you know, gives up uh, a couple of runs, and uh, McGee gives up a, a run. But I never felt like that game. I didn't feel like, eh, you know, we're, we're possibly going to give this one away. I felt like the Dodgers were the team who had to come from behind, and we were fairly in control. So very much 180 degree difference from how we felt last week. And I kind of wonder. It's kind of weird that they did it on each other's home turf, you would think just how both teams are such great home teams that it would be the other way around. Giants would hold serve at home and then the Dodgers would come back and hold serve at home. But it, it just shows you how, uh, you know, how good both of these teams are. They can go into each other's homes and really outplay them. Well, you know, I, I wonder if any of this plays into it. We had talked about this um, last week that the Dodgers went into Houston for two games before they came back home to face the Giants. Did any of that take any emotion away from the four-game series with the Giants? Because they knew, hey, we swept these guys the week before. We just left Houston highly emotional two games. I mean, on Twitter, you see Dodger fans 
dancing in the street after that first game in Houston because they beat the Astros. And, and you know, that's their, their retribution for 2017, right? 2017? Yes, I don't even care when the Dodgers. <laughs> win. So this is that's what I was, yeah, I was actually happy yeah. that the Astros cheated. By the way, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, who are we to complain? Um, so, so when it comes down to it, it, I mean, they came back home and they're facing the Giants, and then they beat them in the first game, and then the second game comes along, and then the Giants kind of uh, you know push Big Brother back a little bit in that Friday night game late, and then after that they said, you know what, we're just going to keep pushing you. Yeah, and maybe the Dodgers were just beat down a little bit at that point, and and that's a and that's a good possibility because you know you play 162 games. Uh, this is an emotional, uh, mental sport, and that's what it comes down to. It's a it's a physical sport, but it's also very very mental, very very emotional. Um, as you can see, as Trevor Bauer got very emotional when uh, when Dubon crossed home plate and did his <laughs> sword celebration, he said, "Oh, he's doing it to the wrong pitcher." Uh, you know, he keeps saying, trying to say all the right things. And, and when somebody does it back to him, says, well, that's the sport. And now he says, oh, we should be challenged for our uh, for our celebrations in this. Uh, that guy, I tell you. Yeah. I mean, and, you, know, you know, to be clear, he did it to a Hall of Famer. In yeah. Clayton Kershaw, who is a better pitcher than Trevor Bauer his, yeah. you know, for his career. So I don't know. I don't know what Trevor's <laughs> exactly. smoking there. But, you know, right. you know, he's going to be great. You know, we talked about this last week. He's going to be a great for as long as he's on the Dodgers for yeah. this rivalry, because he is exactly the type of player. If Trevor Bauer was on the Giants, he would be the most hated player by Dodger fans. And yes. since he is on the Dodgers, he's going to be the most hated player by Giants fans for sure. And and if he's on your team, you probably hate him a little bit too, just because <laughs> he's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, one I mean, of your he, guys he is, is going to get drilled because of something that he does, probably. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, so... Uh, so yeah, you know, great week. Giants go five and one, and then yesterday they win against. Uh, you know, the, I, I don't want to say the Angels are uh, hapless. It's just kind of crazy that you know you have uh, once in a lifetime talent in Mike Trout who's going to end his career as probably one of the ten best baseball players of all time. Yeah, and then you have Otani, who is a once in a lifetime talent as well. And they can't figure it out, which is kind of crazy. Now, I know Trout's hurt, and Otani, because he also pitches, he doesn't necessarily play every single day. Right. But, man, like, you know, I looked at the Angels, I'm like, how are they, like, under 500, like, every single year? But, look, after 2002, I hope they're under 500 for the rest <laughs> of our lives. Uh, but so so Giants, you know, they, they get right back into it yesterday. They 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 win. There's another game tonight, and then they're going to kick off a four-game series with the Cubs. We'll get to that in a second. But I, I wanted you to just kind of talk about going to see live baseball. You saw the Reno Aces on uh, Sunday. I did. So the Reno Aces are the AAA affiliate of the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, um when tickets went on sale a couple weeks ago, about three, four weeks ago, uh, we loved going to the games as a family. And they were doing the social distancing seating uh, for May. As of today, it's wide open now. You can sit, uh, you can fill the stadium as many people as you want. It's, it's not, uh, there's no restrictions. So I'm kind of glad 
because the kids aren't fully vaccinated yet. They will be this week. Uh, they get their second shot and then a couple weeks after that. Yeah. So they're, they're very excited. Um, but going is, you know, going into places with a lot of people is a little nerve wracking. Uh, so we actually got front row seats, uh, down the first baseline got to see, uh, uh, EY Jr., Eric Young Jr., was the first base coach for the uh, visiting um, oh, oh, the Tacoma Rainiers, which is the Seattle Mariners AAA affiliate. Uh, so we got to see him. And also on the Tacoma Rainiers was uh, Ryder Jones, uh, who was a San Francisco Giant. If you want to look that up real quick, I don't, I don't remember. Ryder Jones. Ryder Jones. I don't remember exactly the years, but... Oh, uh, uh, you, you keep talking. I, 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 I want to say 2018, 19, somewhere in there. Um, but anyways, uh, so we got to see him play for the Rainiers. Um Nobody really huge. Oh, oh, also a uh, Taylor Trammell, uh, or Taylor Trammell, as I how as how it is uh, uh, pronounced. But he uh, was with the Mariners in that first series against the Giants when the Giants were up in Seattle. Um, hit his first career home run, I think, after the Giants left. But he was one of those guys. He's exciting to watch. Yeah, uh, great center fielder, uh, huge talent. Uh, but he, he is a lot of fun to watch. I don't know why he's down in AAA right now. I mean, it's the Mariners. They're not playing for anything. They keep bringing up all their prospects. So if you want to give this guy some at-bats up in the bigs, I think you do because he's sitting like 420 down in uh, <laughs> AAA. So what 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 else does he have to prove in AAA? Not much else. Right. Um, but it was fun. We had a really good time. It was a 1 o'clock game. Uh, Reno is uh, high desert. So when it gets hot, it gets hot. Like today is 97 degrees. Uh, the other day we we're at the ball game. It was like 85. Uh, so I took it easy and had a beer uh, with lots of water. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is happening other places, but I think you might start seeing this now that people are finally able to get out again. There was a lot of drinking <laughs> and it was really hot. So there were a lot of people that just couldn't quite handle that. Oh, man. Uh, so the heckling was a little interesting. Uh, and again, being where we were, the heckling was a little intense because people were right up against the screen and they had a lot of stuff to say. They'd been pent up for a year. Um but it was great. And and then the uh, uh, Aces were down 6-2. And, of course, we pull for the Aces, even though they're the, the Diamondbacks AAA team, uh, unless they're playing Sacramento. Uh, whenever Sacramento comes in, we try to go to a game or two. Uh, but we always we always root for the Aces because they're our home team. Uh, I did buy, a, you know, an Aces shirt while we're there. I have an Aces hat, all that cool stuff. Um, it's very – and the cool thing about the Aces is, is because this is a gambling town, everything is very uh, gambling-oriented. So their logo is an A uh, with a, uh, a diamond. So it's like Ace <laughs> of Diamonds or the red diamond right in the middle of it. So uh, – but, but, yeah, the Aces were down 6-2 going to the bottom of the uh, ninth inning, and they uh, racked up five runs and with a three-run bomb to – walk it off so that was a blast and it was under three hours so we we're out of there in under three hours and uh had a really good time it's really nice to be back at a live baseball game again and i'm mm -hmm. very much looking forward to going to some more so Ryder jones mm -hmm. uh second round draft pick by the giants in 2013 oh he played uh looks like uh 13 14 15 16 
in the minors. Uh, I, I, I guess you could say, so he had a 2016, he was at Richmond, so double A. He had 15 bombs, but uh, didn't didn't hit for a high average, did not get on base. The Giants bring him up in 17, and he had 150 ABs with the Giants, the, the, big, the big club. Uh, so he had a swig of beer with the club and hit a buck 73, mm. 244 on base. So then... Uh, he went back. Uh, he went back to Sacramento in 2018 and played fairly well. Uh, didn't tear the cover off the ball, but um, kind of a strikeout machine. And then in 2019, I believe they cut him, and so mm. now he is. Okay. He's only 26, which is kind of crazy. And was he third base, right, for the Giants? So I think he was drafted as third baseman. He's also played a little bit of first, mm. uh, so on the corner. But yeah, I mean, he he'd played eight years in the minor leagues, and uh, you know, kind of been kind of a little bit of the. Uh, um, Crash Davis, you know, <laughs> fifty-eight jacks in the minor leagues, and yeah, just couldn't for whatever reason, you know, could, couldn't put it together. And again, he was a second-round pick, so he's the guy that they really thought highly of, and just never, never did it. And uh, in uh, so in Reno, so far, uh, what is he? He's with uh, no, he's actually with Tacoma. Okay, I so believe yeah, it, it said that he played a couple of games in Reno with Reno this year, according to baseball oh, reference. Interesting. So. Okay. Well, maybe I was wrong. Maybe he actually, I got to go back and look at my picture, but I could have sworn he had a Rainier's hat on when I took the picture, but who knows? <laughs> All right, let's get to our uh, player of the week. Okay. Player of the week. We've got, <clears throat> this one was, it shocked me a little bit, I think, the final uh, vote tally on this one. So I put up three players. We put up three players every week. This week, it actually ended up being two pitchers and one hitter. Um, so I'm going to go from the bottom up. Harleen Garcia came in with 7% of the vote in tied for, uh, call it second, third place, out of the three players. Um Harlan Garcia pitched in four games this week. Uh, he pitched in five innings total, Had gave up two hits, one walk, and six strikeouts. Didn't give up any runs, and he got one save. I thought that was pretty impressive. Harlan Garcia struggled a little bit a few weeks ago and about a month ago. Um, did get hurt, came back, and has been trying to find his footing, and I think he finally found it. So th this was a very good sign. So I threw him up there for this week because I, I liked his stats this week. I liked the way they were using him, uh, the, the back end of ball games. now. Um, it adds another guy that you could possibly see out of the bullpen in the eighth or ninth inning. Uh, that's kind of tied right now to Jake McGee and Trevor Rogers. But they're sneaking other guys in there right now uh, when they need to give those other dudes rests. Um, and then tied for 7% of the vote, Evan Longoria, which I thought I thought he was going to win it. So did uh, I. When I put up his numbers, he hit 391 this week uh, with three home runs, 10 RBIs, 539 Woba, and scored five runs. I mean, that's tremendous. That's enough to get you player of the week. But the guy who outshined him was Kevin Gossman. 
with 85, almost 86% of the vote. Gossman went 2-0 this week, 11 innings pitched, no runs given up, uh, no earned runs given up, 0.76 FIP, only two walks in those 11 innings and 16 strikeouts. 5-0 and now on the season and just got it completely dialed in. So we do have a graphic for Kevin Excellent. Gossman. I like the graphics. There we go. Kevin Gossman is the he's a two-time winner of this award now. And when I saw what his numbers were for the first 11 starts of this year, my initial thought was, huh, what how, how does he compare to previous Giants aces? Because I think that's what you call him now is He's absolutely 100% the ace. He's absolutely 100% a possible all-star game starter. Yep. And the all-star game is, you know, in July. And so where where does he sit when it comes to aces? And so as we do, when you know, when we think about aces, I look back at Tim Linscombe. I I only looked at one year. I mean, we could have looked at 08, 09, 11. Those were Three Linscombe's three best seasons. Yep. And so I looked at his 2008 season. And so I compared, I went to baseball reference. Hopefully people can see this graphic. We, uh, and, and if you're on the podcast, uh, I, I, I just basically went to baseball reference and I compared the first 11 starts for Gossman this year. And I got Linscombe's cumulative 11 starts, first 11 starts in 2018, and I just compared them. So both teams uh, were 8-3 and three in those games. Uh, and then you look a little bit more closely, and it's so interesting because I'm looking at Gossman, and I'm going like, you know, they, 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 they don't really let him throw too often into the eighth inning. And so he's got 70.2 innings in those 11 starts. And Lincecum in 2008 had 69.2 innings. So very comparable. Hmm. But then you look at the hits. Lincecum gave up 61 hits in those 69.2 innings. Gossman, 41 (laughs) hits. Wow. 41 hits and 16 walks. So 57 base runners... In 70 and two-thirds innings, Lincecum walked a, uh, a little bit more back then. Obviously, you know, this is only his second year in the bigs. Yeah. Uh, he was a little bit more wild. Uh, but even strikeouts, so like you think of Lincecum as the strikeout king and through 70.2-thirds, Gossman at 83 strikeouts, Lincecum at 76. So this is like, I, I feel like we're not even making as big of a deal as we should about this start to Gossman's uh, 2021 season, because now the thing I think people are going to say, well, you know, he's already 31 or whatever. Linscombe was probably in his uh, probably 23 or 24 at that point. But still, if if you look at those starts, that was 25th through 35th starts of his career for Linscombe. And 204. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's a little more seasoned. Yes. So, uh, but, but at the same time as, you know, we talk about this cap, it's not cap room because it's baseball, but the room that they're going to have to sign guys, I'm not sure how much room they're going to have when they, (laughs) when this dude, you know, comes off of a, 
a possible uh, Cy Young-like season, and he's going to be like, all right, pony up, my friends. (laughs) And that's part of this, right, is is him, Desclafani, maybe even Alex Wood. Uh, Those guys are – if the Giants decide that they want to bring all those guys back – that, that there's a good chunk of of that that money that's going to be available, but yeah, I, I feel like we're not talking enough about Gossman's season so far. I mean, crossing fingers, he he had a little bit of a hip thing, and they think that it's he's going to be okay. So, um, you know, because any again, this is the season of injuries. Any any small thing can kind of sideline anybody. So, you know, hope, yeah. hoping that uh, he's going to be healthy with that. But yeah, just uh, you know, kind of one of those things where you look at it and you go, wow, this season is way better than I even thought because 2000, I mean, you, you remember 2008 Linscombe. He's one of the only things that we really had at that point. Yeah. And, and it was just like, oh man, you know, we, at least we got this guy and he's going to be on Sports Illustrated and ESPN commercials. And I don't, I don't feel like Gossman's being talked about the same way. <laughs> he, he's not an MLB.com or MLB did a, um, a tweet. I want to say it was like two weeks ago. And they said, you know, who's your early runner for Cy Young? Um, and, and, and Gossman's numbers were like top three. Well, they listed like eight players from the National League and he wasn't one of them. Uh, Wood at that point hadn't lost a game yet. They didn't even put him on there either. Yeah. So it's like they're just completely ignoring. Now, all of a sudden, today, I think MLB said, oh, here's your uh, you know, front runner for all-star game starter. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, now. Now, all of a sudden, that he's 5-0 and oh with this you know, sub-2 ERA as he being looked at. But he's had the sub-2 ERA the entire season. Um, but I think they wanted to see a little bit more from him last year because – or or, or this year, because last year, I guess, wasn't enough for MLB to yeah. say that this guy was awesome. So, yeah. If we call him the Rodney Dangerfield of <laughs> Major League Baseball, is that too old school of a reference at this point? <laughs> I No, I mean, for us, it's not. <laughs> but for other people, it might be. Yeah, if you're not familiar like, with right. Rodney Dangerfield when you're done with the show, go look him up. Just type in YouTube, Rodney Dangerfield, respect, and we'll see what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, okay, so as we kind of uh, get to the end of this thing, so... Uh, Giants had some uh, transactions they had to make. There's injuries going on. They're kind of, you know, choppy. Our our buddy Nick, we just call him Trop. He's been up up and down and up and like three different times this week. So uh, you took down kind of all the transactions that have been happening this last week. So did you want to go over what's uh, what's going on with this team? Yeah, so really, I'm just going to kind of go over what happened today because that's enough to cover an entire week. Um, what happened? And, and usually you kind of know. It's funny when we go to do the podcast and there's a night game. It, it almost never fails that right before we go on air, I kind of go to Twitter to make sure to see what's happening. Yeah. Because if there's one thing Zadie loves to do and Scott Harris loves to do, it's to make moves, Yep, which I as like a closet GM and you as a closet GM, Garrett, we love this. Oh, I mean, yeah. this is, you know, this guy's not cutting it. Give him two, get, get him out of there. Bring somebody else in. I mean, the giants are deep. And that's, if, if there's one thing for sure that has brought on these winning ways, it's the depth of this 40 man roster all the way from the top to the bottom. Um, 
So what happened today is Dominic Leon, who a lot of people have been really, really calling for, uh, right-hander down in uh, AAA, and, and he's he's pitched in 200-plus, 240-plus games in his entire career. But down in Sacramento this year, he was signed in the offseason as, uh, as a minor league, uh, you know, my, on a minor league deal. He's 29 years old. Down in uh, Sacramento, He's pitched in nine innings so far, struck out 16. So he's got some pretty wicked, nasty stuff. Uh, and he's only walked three, so his control is really good and given up one run. So, of course, an ERA, one run in nine innings. If you could do the easy math right there, his ERA is 1.00. <laughs> uh, he's given up six hits in those nine innings. So he is up. Trop went down again. And, I, and like you said, I think that's the second time he's gone down this week. Um and then uh, unfortunate news is Kurt Casale was placed on the 10-day injured list uh, retroactive to yesterday with a left wrist strain. And he did have wrist surgery in the offseason. I don't know if it's the same wrist. Really hope it's not because if so, got, he's got a little inflammation in that area. Like you said, 14 and five as a starter, right? Or 15 and four, somewhere in there. Yeah, I think it was 14 and five. 14 That's and the number that I saw. Yeah, 14 and five when he's calling games behind the plate. That's a big loss. Chad and hitting was, worse than a pitcher. He's hitting worse than a pitcher. They got but, two pitchers in the lineup, and they're still yeah. 14 and five. And but when you're pitching the way you're pitching, and you're and you're not letting the other team score runs, you can allow a 105 guy to be in the lineup hitting, and it's not that big of a deal. Right? Only the Giants, man. Only the Giants. <laughs> and so Chadwick Tromp. The Trump, the oh, tr- boy. tropical storm. I love his uh, Twitter handle. Tropical storm is uh, is up. He's going to be wearing number fourteen. Uh, he was recalled today. So everybody's you know probably thinking, well, where's Joey Bart? Where's Joey Bart? Obviously, the Giants just don't feel he's ready yet. Yeah. He still has the hip issue. Uh, just came back from that. He's only played in like two or three games since he came back from the hip issue. But he is crushing it in AAA. He's hitting over 360, 370, um, hitting bombs, not striking out a ton. He's actually getting some walks, which we saw last year. I don't even want to bring up that stat. What was it? Two walks and a hundred plus at bats or something like that. It was just nasty. He he wasn't, he just was not getting on base. Um, Again, I keep going back to this in my head. You've got Patrick Bailey in the minors who is also tearing it up. You've got Buster Posey who is also tearing it up. Um, do you sign Buster Posey for another couple of years when the trade deadline rolls around? If you want to get a guy who's going to push you and be that superstar, do you trade Joey Bart this trade deadline? I, I don't I keep kicking that around in my head and I would not be totally surprised if that happened. Um it could because you've got Patrick Bailey in a couple of years. So you re-sign Buster Posey for two more years or so. And then by then, Patrick Bailey's ready to go. Uh, so I think that's why we're seeing Chadwick Trump up right now because I don't think Bart's ready to come up and just play a couple of innings and then go back down. I think the way that I would do this, and I'm basing this solely on the idea that next year the National League has DH. Right. Who is the better defensive prospect between Joey Bart and Patrick Bailey? I don't know what the answer is. I think I know what Johnny Cueto's answer is. <laughs> but but I, uh. like, I think 
that would help me make that decision because I'm definitely re-signing Buster, and Buster's gonna have uh, the 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 games like like let's say that I think I think this year he's playing about sixty percent of the games he's catching, and then right. the other thirty percent of the games he's sitting. Now maybe next year it's fifty percent of the games he's catching, and twenty five percent of the games he's DHing. And so you still need yeah. 25% of the game. You still need another 50% of the games for the catch, whoever the catcher is to catch the, you know, the, the, those other games. So I look at it as Bart Bailey or whoever, you know, I don't know if I don't, I, it's probably not going to be Casale or Trump, 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 Jesus, <laughs> Trump. Don't ruin Trump, man. Yeah, Trump, Trump's our guy. Uh, but that's how I would look at it is we, you want somebody who's going to be, a good signal caller, someone who the pitchers trust, and someone who's going to hold his own back there. No one's going to be Buster because Buster's still, I think, in the upper tier as far as uh, defensive in his yeah. position. But Buster, I think, if he can even do eighty percent of what he's doing this year with the bat, and let's hit, let's let's keep him next year and the year after as a possible DH. Like I think that's the way you look at this thing, and you know. Who may, maybe uh, you know? Maybe they're looking at it a little bit differently because I I know that that Bailey and uh, and Bart could you know actually it was Bailey I think they had him playing uh, maybe trying to pick up a different position or just trying to take some reps at a different position. So I think they're thinking of all of the things right because there's so much that the MLB you know will will sort of sit on things and not be forthright on whether or not we're going to have a DH next year but right. I think you have to have I think that's the way that you have to look at it is Buster is going to be a part-time DH next year. So then what do you do with those other innings that you need a catcher? Yeah, and and that brings up a good point and I always forget about that. And so when I bring up Bart being traded, I always forget about the possibility of the DH next year. We know it's coming. It's not official yet, so I don't really have it in my head at this moment. But yeah, do you have three catchers, especially if you have Buster Posey? Do you have three catchers next year? Uh, that's a good possibility. And you know, article I read on the Athletic too basically talked about how they're giving Buster Posey's Posey the days off this season and when they say days off they mean days off that's why he's not playing first base he yep. is getting days off they need him rested they need him well they don't need him diving for ground balls at first base uh you know stretching and scooping and everything else on his days off they need his days off and it's paying off big time i know a lot of people don't like it but you know what when you're managing a ball club and you're managing 26 guys and some of those guys are over 32, 33 years old, you got to do it. It's just the way it is. Uh, us old guys need a day off every now and then. This weekend, I took a day <laughs> off, a couple of days off from working out. I needed it. I needed a break. My, ap my Apple Watch had me working out until the last possible minute to hit my <laughs> monthly goal. So. I I'm lost. Hurt, I'm hurting yeah. today. I lost my monthly goal two weeks ago, <laughs> and so I it even disappeared completely from the watch. It didn't even show it anymore because I had no <laughs> mathematical way of hitting it. So I was like, okay, well that's good. Then I can take next weekend off. So. And then we're we, you know we're both going to Hawaii pretty soon. So yeah, that's right. I got yeah. We're not, we're not going to be paying attention to our goals for those weeks. No, no, not with poke and beer and Mai Tais. No, absolutely not. <laughs> All right. So let, let's actually talk about uh, this upcoming week. Yeah. Uh, so we won game one already. 
that's in the bag. That's it. They got they got a game as we're recording this in about a half an hour. They have game two against the Angels. And then I think this is one of the more interesting series of the of the year. Because I, I look at everything. Last last week we talked about the litmus test. You know, what what what's the litmus test of yeah. uh, of the thing? So the Cubs are 32 no they're 30 and 23 so they are in first place in the NL Central by half a game over the Cardinals and a game and a half over uh the Brewers so all three teams you know playing pretty good baseball but when you kind of look inside a little bit the Cubs at a plus 32 in the run differential whereas St. Louis is uh null they I mean they're not null they're at even and then the Brewers are actually a minus 12. So to me, the way that I look at that stat is, you know, the Cubs are probably a little bit more of a contender, at least at this point, through 50-some-odd games than those other teams are. Yeah. Uh, but they're they're real. I think that they're real. They, they're they really good home team. Now, not as good of an away team. So that actually bodes well into the uh, the Giants' favor this week, this week uh, because they are going to come to San Francisco. But I feel like the Cubs are a very solid, a very good even baseball team. And now how do the Giants play? You had mentioned earlier that they're they're playing really well against the teams that they should beat. And then against those over 500 teams, they're kind of holding their own. And, and basically what you said is spot on. Against 500 teams or better, the Giants are almost playing 500 ball. So they would there's something like 24 and 10 against teams that are minus 500 baseball. And so the Cubs are actually better against over 500 baseball teams. So I think this series, this four game series is another really good litmus test for the Giants because the Cubs they're not getting all the ink, they're not getting the Dodgers and the Padres ink, but they are a really good baseball team and you know, all the talk, you know, if you, uh, I, I like to listen to uh, the Ken Rosenthal mailbag podcast. Uh, I, I find Ken Rosenthal pretty, pretty cool. Cause he's a really good reporter. He's got inside juice and he's, uh, I think it was last week. He was talking about how, uh, if they trade Chris Bryant, which is actually one of the topics, uh, of conversation around that team that, you know, some of the other guys who, you know, are possibly coming up for contracts may not be a hundred percent you know, into the Cubs trading Chris Bryant. So that's going to be something that they may have to think about. But Javier Baez, 13 jacks. Chris Bryant, 12 jacks. Chris Bryant hitting 321 with a 400 on base and a 600 slugging. He's got an, a 1.006 OPS. So they, you know, those two guys especially are able to hit the baseball. And I, I just think that, you know, when it comes to it, they are going to... They're going to be competitive, and then this is another series for the Giants where it's like, okay, how do we compare against teams like this? And I'll even throw another name at you. This one will make you smile. You know who's playing a decent amount of baseball is is old Matt Duffy. Remember Matt Duffy? Yeah, he's he's hurt right now. I think he's got, I want to say it's a hammy or a knee or something, and it's and it's worse than they thought it was. And I was really hoping he went on the 10-day IL last week. So I was really, really hoping he'd be back. I even tweeted him and I said, man, I hope you're healthy. 
for the giant series in San Francisco. Cause the ovation you're going to get oh, yeah. is going to be insane. I mean, we, we love you. Everybody still loves you. Absolutely. We can't wait to see you come back to the ballpark. So very excited for that, but I don't know if he's going to make it back for this series. So the one thing that, if you're, uh, you know, if you're looking at sort of like, okay, where do we outpace the Cubs? It is definitely in the starting pitching. The Giants' starting pitching is uh, dynamite compared to the Cubs. So, you know, if uh, if the Giants come out and they are on their game, which is, you know, their game is, we're getting six innings of really good starting pitching, and then we, you know, we just have to score a decent amount of runs here. They're they're good, but the you know Craig Kimball is actually throwing the lights out this year. So mm-hmm. if the Cubs get a you know if the Cubs get a lead, they're in good hands there. But you know I want to see the Giants continue to build up uh, a little bit of uh, of confidence against these teams that are over five hundred. So I really feel like this series is going to be a good one, and this leads me to a question to you, which is mm-hmm. we've we've been doing this for the last couple of weeks, which is. How do you feel the week goes? Now they're already one and zero in the week. They have five more games. How many wins do you see them coming out of this week with? Well, last week I said <clears throat> going to win those two games in Arizona. Then you got to then you got to go to LA and you got to split. Yep. And then you're going to have a four and two week, and it's going to be a good week. Well, they ended they up better. Enough. Five and one week, which is a fantastic week, especially winning the last three ball games in Los Angeles and and walking out of there with the you know puffed up chest and everything looking good and feeling good. This week they started out one and zero. Oh. They you know they 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 probably beat the Angels again today, so that's two and zero. Oh. Cubs come in again a split a four and two week would be a fantastic week, I think, because, uh, you know, I popped up on MLB.TV as we're talking here. I popped up the Cubs, and, and, and they're playing the Padres. They, they beat the snot out of the Padres yesterday. They're in Chicago. Um, they're beating them right now 2 nothing in the bottom of the fourth. They're playing a good team. They're playing an over 500 team. They're going to, I mean, say they win this game, they're going to come in in San Francisco real cocky. Yeah. <laughs> and the Giants are going to go. If the Giants win tonight, they're going to be at home also real cocky, having won five in a row and a good team coming into their home ballpark. Well, we know what happened the last time a good team came into the home ballpark and they got swept by the Dodgers. Yeah. So right, what I'm saying here is if they can do a two and two split, with Chicago and win tonight in Los Angeles and finish with a four and two week, they're going to be feeling really good when they walk out of this and say, we went 500 against the central leaders. So, so we're in good shape. So I I think a four and two week would be a good thing. I agree with you 100%. That's what I chose. Uh, I I made a poll. Like we talk about Twitter. Mm -hmm. We also have a really cool Facebook group. And I put a, I put a poll up with the Facebook group. I said, the giants are hot. They're already one to know this week. They have one tonight with the Angels and four with the Cubs. How many wins do they have? You know, when we look at this Saturday Saturday night, and uh, so far, uh, two wins and three wins is actually in the lead. Uh, my buddy Jeremy Finestone, who was on with us when we did that one show on locker room, he yep. he has them going five and one, so he thinks they're hey. just gonna they're gonna you know take three out of four from the Cubs. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I think one thing that's really good about what's going on right now is the fan base is feeling the like we're feeling ourselves a little bit as a team. We're like, <laughs> hey, you know, 
it doesn't have to be 2012 every year, but we like competing. Yeah. And we know that, you know, when all the fans are back in, in the ballparks, I think for the Giants, it's like maybe the third week of June, I think they're going to be able to open up back full. June 15th, like I think, is uh, – <clears throat> and that's kind of the big thing, Disneyland, June 15th. Uh, so a lot of a lot of California things are starting to happen around June 15th. Uh, June 15th is when uh, Disneyland is going to let out of – state people start to come in. So we're very excited for October. Our family, we're big yes. Disney people. Speaking of it's June 1st, it's pride month. Yes. I have my, um, my Disney pride shirt on the Disney villains and the rainbow colors there for you. Giants uh, uh, are the first team to actually put the pride colors in the hat and the Jersey, I think. And that's going to be happening Friday night. So it's going to be a patch on the arm and the pride colors of the SF. And if you yes. go to uh, Twitter, you can see that on there. They got pictures of a really cool looking hat. Yeah. A lot of people are on there like, is that in the shop? Because I want to get that. So yeah, yeah. I guess it's in the MLB.com shop as well if you want to get it from there. So. All right. So, uh, so yeah, so that is it for here. And, uh, you know, we, we are looking, you know, we're looking, I, I almost feel like we're getting a little, I don't know, getting a little too, the, the expectation a little bit too high. Cause I just look at this week and I go, ah, they're winning four <laughs> games again, at least. And that that's not that's how I've week. been feeling for the last three years. Right. Yeah. You're just like, ah, but, you know, I think, the, you know, the team's playing well. The starting pitching I, is what I believe in. So hopefully, you know, hopefully it's another good week. And, yeah. you know, we keep going because the Dodgers and the Padres are going to keep playing good baseball. And the Giants just have to yeah. keep track, keep up well, with them. And, and what's the Giants winning formula? It's score early and good starting pitching then can buckle down, do what they need to do, keep yep. that lead. I like to see our starting pitchers get into the seventh and finish the seventh. So we only have two relievers to go the eighth and ninth or three relievers to go the eighth and ninth. Anytime you get past three relievers with the Giants, and I look back at that a couple of weeks ago, when you get past three relievers with the Giants, it's not usually a good thing. So, I, you know, score early, take the lead early, and then let your starting pitching kind of lock it down and then go to a couple of pitchers to close it out. And, th and that's their recipe for success this year and good defense and timely hitting. So. So, so one more question, which is, yeah, and then we'll get out of here. We're already over an hour, but ah, uh, Gossman, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when Linscombe would throw, yeah, the fan base collectively would just be like, "Happy Linscombe Day!" Like it's Linscombe Day. We get to see Linscombe pitch. Yeah, are we going to get there with Gossman? I don't. He doesn't have the same cachet with the fan base. He's not like this fan favorite of guy who's just like so lovable. But I feel like it's like we've got to be close with, you know, maybe it's, you know, Bumgarner when Bumgarner would pitch, near, you know, last few years as well. It's like, oh, Bumgarner's throwing like we're really confident. Some sums with Gossman here. Yeah. I, how You know, are we close to when Gossman pitches? We know it's a W. You know, I think we're getting there. And and speaking of that, we need to start that. I yeah. think, you yeah. know, how people in the stadium start the wave, which yeah. is don't ever <laughs> don't be that person. They started that at the Aces game. And I told my daughters, I said, don't you stand up. <laughs> I said, so we sat there. The wave came around and we just 
<laughs> went right by us. They go, okay, dad, nice. we're not getting up. So, nice. um, but, but yeah, we need to start that. And I think maybe we start calling it happy splitter day. Oh, I think. maybe we call wait, 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 yeah. is, is it a splitter or do they call it a split change? Like what is the definition of what this pitch is that he throws? If you go to YouTube and you type in Gossman splitter, you get a lot of returns. So I'm going to call it a splitter. Um, I mean, it does drop off a lot of miles per hour yeah. from his fastball, but, but because he throws 96, 97. Yeah. So his splitter is what, like 85, 86, something like that. So it could be a split change. It could be a Vulcan change mm-hmm. almost, but even a Vulcan change goes, I think that drops even more. Um, no, actually, it doesn't drop as much. The splitter just drops more than any pitch I've seen. So I think we just call it happy splitter day to make it, make it easy. So we're going to start that. We're yeah, start no, that. That, that's good. That's Cause good. there's also Dia de Cueto whenever yeah. Cueto pitches, but he's got a triple shimmy. Yes. And Gossman doesn't have anything <laughs> like that. So. Well, I mean, how good was it for Cueto to throw seven yesterday? That was fantastic. I mean, and, and then when he came out, the crowd ovation was just phenomenal. Phenomenal. We, I mean, we love the guy. We know he's probably going to be gone at the trade deadline. Maybe uh, it depends. I mean, well, if the Giants it, are it 14, 15 games over 500. <laughs> it depends maybe now not. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, they're going to need him. That's why Zadie gets paid the big bucks, by the way. Exactly. Because, because I, mean, I, can, I, yeah, yeah. I would just be like, no, we're not trading anybody. <laughs> we're, we're going for it. No, you don't want to mess anything <laughs> up right now. Yeah. I wouldn't want to either. As a closet GM, I don't want to screw up anything. And I don't want to add anybody. I don't want to subtract anybody but he knows what he's doing that's why he has the job yep all right so we're (laughs) done here we'll be back next week six days from now because we're recording today on tuesday uh but yeah so uh for brad i'm double g we'll see you when we see you peace out peace